Yo, welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's corner three here on a Tuesday morning, a dreary Tuesday morning in central Iowa. Corner three is always brought to you by our friends at Mechdine. Check them out, mechdine.com, the presenting sponsors of the Williams and Bloom podcast on Sunday nights. That's Chris Williams. You hear sighing into the microphone. Well, I was drinking this uh, bubbly, not champagne. Like it's literally the drink called bubbly. Is it uh, refreshing? It's, yeah, it's really good, but it's too it's too early to be tipping into the Cody Road on a Tuesday. So here we are. Yeah. Tim, Although I kind of feel like it with today's Mike Leach news, pretty down, pretty down and out. Yeah, man. I think a lot of people in the college sports space are uh, pretty down today. I think that just about everybody's got a Mike Leach story or a favorite Mike Leach story. Yeah. That uh, for him to to think about college football without him is just weird it's just gonna be a, a weird couple months. yeah i mean he's been a staple since i got into the business he was in the big 12 then which was awesome once a year you got to right you know leach came to town he was always epic at the media days uh he would just get up there and, and go on and like he's been doing that the he, he kind of like had this like second layer of popularity because of twitter mm-hmm. people would get the snippets of but he's been doing that for 20 years well yeah they they had i saw some clips this morning of his uh his tv show that he did back in the day at texas tech and he was answering fan questions about oh yeah where to take your girlfriend to dinner and things like that on his texas tech coaches show yeah what a legend man he's he's one of one in the sense that there's so many and, and, and it, nobody will listen to me, but it's like, why do you love him so much? It's because he's so different than most coaches today. You he's know, just he real. Actually, he's yeah, real. He's a real human being. He's, he doesn't, you know, protect everything. And it's just, he's, he's one of one, man. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's kind of like, a, like you said, it's, it's just so shocking. I mean, his team's supposed to play in a bowl game in like two weeks. Like he had been ill. I think he'd been fighting like pneumonia. During uh, the season, yeah. yeah but season. like you just, yeah, it's just a just a crappy day, unfortunately. For sure. All right, we've got uh, plenty of basketball stuff to get to here on uh, on today's podcast. Iowa State going to be adding Trey King into the mix starting on Sunday when the Cyclones play Western Michigan. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Chris Beard news that came out early yesterday morning and then followed continued throughout the throughout Monday. Uh, let's start with Trey King, though, and start with the Cyclones. Uh, good bounce back Sunday night. It felt like came out locked in against a team that was coming off a win over Northern Iowa. Uh, I think they need Trey King, though. It, it will be good to add him into the mix just to have another guy that you can, you know, hope to get some some scoring from. Guy who averaged 15 a game at uh, at Eastern Kentucky, and then. You know, just bolster up what you can do defensively as well. A guy who can guard multiple positions and uh, and just give you another, you know, matchup dynamic on that end with uh, at the four position or, or sliding onto the wing. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And I I hadn't spent hardly any time on Trey King up until really the last day. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't realize Jared that he was a five. Yeah, at Eastern Kentucky, I I had never put put that together mm-hmm. so I do think it it will impact I, I'm not expecting a, a big three-point threat here I think a lot of fans you look at what he I think he has the ability to okay I'm not saying that that he doesn't have the ability to 
you would know more than me from a matchup standpoint. What's the difference in playing the five at Eastern Kentucky where you can get loose and go hit corner three compared to being a four man in the Big 12? Like to me, that seems like a tough transition as far as the outside game goes. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I don't really think about Iowa State using their fours outside of Jazz. I don't even know if you would consider him a I mean, I guess he's theoretically a four, yeah, but it's I like, consider him more a wing. But yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, he only shot 27% from three as a, at Eastern Kentucky. Oh, I had him at 33 for some reason. Yeah, his, his junior year he did okay. uh, two attempts a game. Yeah. So, Well, I'm telling you, I think Trey thinks he's a three-point shooter. <laughs> I just don't think he's going to – I think a lot of fans think, oh, we're adding shooting in the front court, and I just feel like that needs to be squashed a little bit. Yeah, he went 19 of 56. Oh, okay, so in, that's not a lot. In 28 games as a junior in 2020-21. So, I mean, I guess, you know, he hasn't played in two years. So it's like it's conceivable that he will have improved as a shooter. But I just I think you are probably hoping you get a guy that can help you out mainly in the mid range and in the uh, on the glass and on the block. And I think on the glass is where it's going to be the biggest addition, just because I think you can tell Iowa State really misses Isaiah Brockington right now from a rebounding perspective. You know, we've talked we talked a lot last year about how Iowa State's posts, their job is to box out the other team's opposing big guys and clear them out so that then the guards can come in and they're going to be the ones to go up and snag the rebounds. And it doesn't seem like right now any of those guards that they've got, whether it's uh, whether it's Caleb Grill or Gabe Kalsher or uh, Taylor and Lipsy, whoever it may be. I mean, none of those guys crash the glass with that same level of tenacity. You've seen it at times. You know, Caleb's had a couple good games rebounding. Jazz has had some good games rebounding. But, man, it's just you have to have guys that are going to the rim and going to, to clear the ball out. And uh, I think you've seen that at times really hurt them. I mean, they're a bottom 100 team and uh, opposing offensive rebound percentage. And that has to get better, you know. And you add a guy that averaged six rebounds a game and uh, and has, is used to mixing it up down low and needing to, to be that guy, I think that'll be huge just because they're really missing that. That's the mm. one thing I think you can really knock their defense on right now is that they have not done a good enough job of keeping other teams off the boards. No, I, I don't even know what else to add. I think that was I think that was really well said. I think that he'll be – you know, primarily a backup four man to start. And here's the one thing that that's startling to me, because I think Oshun, by and large, is underperformed mm-hmm. offensively at least this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jones, you've gotten more out of, and I think Ward has probably been under underwhelming as well. Yeah, but it's still staggering to me how much better they are down low than they were a year ago. They just do such a better job of altering the other team's abilities to make things happen in the paint. You yeah, know? so you now you add this guy. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll see. I'm not – again, I've just covered too many of these mid-year guys where they generally aren't like a very good version of themselves until they've had a chance to play Yeah, a little bit now – but it also kind of depends on the role you put them in. I was going to say the thing and that I'm he's int- not going to be asked to play 25 minutes a game. The thing I think is interesting about Trey is it's just like it's been so long since he's played, you know, mm-hmm. and but he's also been around Iowa State for a full year. And it's not like last year they had so much depth that, you know, a guy like him is not going to get to get reps in practice. You know, there's 
he's still in the mix. He maybe isn't as part a part of the game plan during all those those times, but he's still getting used to his teammates and things like that. So it just is it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can hit the ground running. And I'd be more concerned about what kind of shape is he in. Again, he hasn't played a game in two years. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how quickly does that? Uh, can he get up to speed in in that sense? Uh, and just is there any rust? You know, like you just. You haven't played in a long time. And can you get back on the on the court and get back to if he can be the guy that he was before, like I mean, he could be a six, seven, eight point guy. Absolutely. You know, with uh and get you six, seven rebounds a game, you know? I hope he plays a lot in the next two games. You know, just to work I I'm guessing that he'll play quite a bit to, you know, get into game shape, get all get all that rust out. That's really hard. I don't know if fans realize how hard it is to sit out for two years and all you're doing is practicing. Mm-hmm. And then you move across the country. You move twice. You know, you have different cultures that you're yeah. becoming accustomed to. I was watching him when we were out in Portland at Shooter. And I, and I, and I said that, to, I think it was Mike. And I was like, oh, that's really hard for these all of these transfers. Like, that would be a good, honestly, you someday on a... On a uh, in in the summer to do uh-huh. a feature on what do you do with these transfers when they're out for a year and and how do you keep them focused right. and from what I understand Trey's done a good job of really ramping up the last month or so so that's encouraging yeah and I think uh, it would have been especially hard for him uh, I think there was a lot going on with that story of how you know yeah. obviously how he ended up at Iowa State after uh, no doubt after leaving Georgetown that made it a, a really difficult situation to navigate I think from an NCAA perspective that would be especially frustrating because I don't know I I think it would be hard to say that he necessarily did anything super wrong in that scenario but it just is what it is and it's like uh I don't know I I would be interested to hear from him how difficult that's are you gonna get him this week I would assume we'll get him tomorrow yeah okay that'll be good Yeah. yeah I'd like to I'd look forward to hearing what he has to say he's a pretty well-spoken guy. I mean, I think he'll give you some pretty good quotes and stuff. And I don't think he's ever talked, really, I mean, I, that I know yeah. of ever since he left little, Georgetown. A little background. I mean, I remember when they were contemplating, um, did they want to take a mid-year transfer mm-hmm. at that time? And the thought was no. Overwhelmingly, I think they were wanting to wait and just, you know, with the number of transfers that come available in the spring – and from what I understand from TJ, that like he was just their type of guy, and they didn't want to risk passing up on him because what? he's a he's a grinder. He fits that right. kind of the Omaha Blue type, like where there's not a lot of five stars that probably fit at Iowa State. I think Omaha fits perfectly because of his mindset and the way he wants to play. That's the that's what I've gathered from Trey as well. It's just not often that you have a guy that's. I mean, a 14.6 rebound a game guy that comes available. In, and and in he's not a lo- like he's November. not an idiot. Yeah, like he's, he's not a an not, idiot. He's like, a good yeah. dude. Just as yeah, yeah, like just a weird situation that mm-hmm. happened. You know, it's like all of a sudden you become available, and you sometimes you just have to jump at it. So, I do. I mean, I think I don't know how much it changes Iowa State's team. It just makes them deeper, and they're going to need that in the Big Twelve. Yeah, and it, I think it's a clear upgrade from Ward, don't you? Without seeing him, doesn't it feel like – I'm not trying to crap on Hassan. He's done some really good things, but you just don't know. And, and really the only offense he's brought is the lob. Yeah. He's shown no ability to do anything other than that. He is just so 
raw. Yeah. Like, well, he, he wasn't around harness, all summer. I like, mean, if you can harness any of that, it's like, man, this guy could be pretty good. I, but I would just, buy my stock on him for next year now. Yeah. Buy it low. But again, like he just, you could tell he hasn't been around the program. Yeah. Cause he was gone because of that visa thing. Yeah. His ability to finish under the rim is, uh, unless it's a dunk, is, uh, Less than well, ideal. That's what I'm saying. So this is an upgrade yeah. when it comes to that. Uh, and I, I find it hard to believe that that King will be a worse rebounder. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like he's a net positive. You know, you don't feel like you're hurting your team by introducing him into the equation by any means, you know, but just as like, I'll be interested to see how deep do they go, you know, over these next couple. I mean, I'm sure they'll go deep these next two games because both these teams stink. But I mean, the when you get to Baylor on on New Year's Eve, are you playing 10 guys? You know, because they're coming pretty close to playing 10 guys right now. And that just I think that more often than not in college basketball, we've seen that when your rotation's getting that big, you're starting to feels like stretch yourself. Feels like King Watson and um, Ward are going to be duking it out for minutes here over the next couple weeks. Yeah. Don't you, doesn't I, it feel that way to you? Yeah. Cause I think right now you, I mean, you look at what Iowa state's team is and you know, Gabe, like Gabe Kauser obviously is not going to lose any minutes. Caleb girls, not probably going to lose any minutes. Jaron Holmes, not losing minutes. Jazz, I think right now would be he would have a tough case to make that Jazz should lose any minutes. Jazz shouldn't lose a yeah. single minute to this guy. But I think Demarion, I think Demarion Watson's played really well, you know. And I'll be interested to see can you now you can play him a little bit more at his natural three it, position. Exactly, and he is he's pretty much a zero on offense right yeah. now. But he plays his ass off on defense, and if you put him where he belongs. If you if you can get him to where he can knock down that corner three pointer and just finish at the rim the way that he has, I mean, as far as going and getting dunks and stuff like that, he's like he reminds me of like a Dustin Hogue type of guy. Yeah, he's a buy low guy, man. He's going to be really good. Yeah, I, I think that he's just got really high potential. But uh, I, I just think when you look at that trio, it's easier to justify giving him more minutes if you can slide him to the three. You need that rebounding, like we just talked about. He's been a good rebounder. Why? Like, you need him to get, to be that guy that doesn't have to box people out. That's going to go and get the board. You know, mm-hmm. he plays above the rim. They need someone who's playing above the rim on the glass right now to just go and clear things out because they're just it just isn't happening enough right now. Good stuff. So it is Western Michigan coming up on Sunday, and then a week from Wednesday. Nebraska, Omaha, those are your 321 and 313 ranked Kim Palm teams in the mm-hmm. country. And then it's on. Yeah. And then your Big 12 the rest of the way in that. I started that, playing Missouri. Yeah. And Missouri's not bad this year. They're much better. Uh, I mean, they just got their shit stopped by say, Kansas. Got destroyed by Kansas. But they beat Wichita. You know, they've, I guess they really haven't played anyone other than that, but they're 60 Ken Palm, so they seem a lot better than they were a year ago. Yeah. Well, it'll just be interesting to see. I mean, they've got a new coach, you know. Yeah. That, that's obviously, there's a lot of games between now and then. It just, the thing that sucks, it's, it's no different than what it was last year for Iowa State. I mean, you look at their Big 12 schedule, you open against Baylor, who is a really good team. I don't think they're as unbeatable as what that team was at this time a year ago. But uh, then I think you go on the road to Oklahoma and you go on the road to TCU, your first three Big 12 games. I mean, would you lean Iowa State on any of those three games? I say they start one and two. Yeah, I think that's the most likely scenario. You just have to, you know, 
That Baylor game, it, maybe you could swing it if you can get a good I think environment. Oklahoma's the most likely. I would say most likely is Oklahoma. It's like you just need to steal one of those road wins. Otherwise, you're going to dig yourself a pretty big hole right away. Yeah, because then you have Texas Tech, Kansas, Texas. Yeah, Texas Tech is a winnable game probably. But Texas, I mean. Yeah. They're actually favored against Tech right now. Yeah. Let's, Barely. Let's talk about Texas. Yeah, one second. I want to do a couple of uh, okay. thank yous to our sponsors. Uh, J Corp Design and Build, they've been sponsoring our women's basketball coverage all season long here on Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, the ladies are, I don't know I'd say struggling, but they've lost a couple and uh, they get ready to start Big 12 play. We'll, we'll kind of touch on that here as the week goes on. Bloom and I had a good conversation about the women's team on Sunday. But J Corp Design and Build is our women's basketball sponsor. J Corp Design Build.com. Again, that's J Corp Design Build.com. The Cyclone Fanatic uh, podcast studio that we're in right here is uh, in a building designed by them the standard in ankeny is where we are now located so beautiful work if you're in the construction needs specifically on the commercial side check out jcorpdesignbuild.com they are big iowa state women's basketball fans also i want to thank uh, my friend uh, jeremy danielson and his wife they are uh, real estate insurance or not insurance they are real estate attorneys and uh, what Jeremy is, his wife, Sarah, is the brain spine in the operation. Check them out at danielsonlaw.com, D-A-N-I-L-S-O-N-Law.com. Buying or selling a home, a lot of times these agents will try and push you in one direction with an attorney. I'm telling you to go with the Cyclone, who's my buddy, Jeremy, uh, danielsonlaw.com. And you can uh, go to his website. There's great sections about purchase agreements, seller representation, buying representation, title options. They got everything you need. Check them out today. Um, so Chris Beard, yeah, we woke up. Yeah. So on Monday, let's let's kind of go through here. Mm -hmm. We did two guys named Chris on Iowa Everywhere, and I was it was kind of a deal where you didn't really want to make a statement because I you didn't know enough about it. You just knew that Chris Beard was in jail. Um, I'm I'm kind of still in that realm a little bit. You want to be cautious in any situation like this. I will say it doesn't look good. Like this. Yeah. It it, it I'm not getting the vibe that Chris Beard is going to coach for Texas this year. Are you? I would be very surprised. I think if Chris Beard ever coaches a game for Texas again. Like if you read that affidavit again and again, you're innocent until proven guilty. But I just. Could you imagine throwing him on the sideline right I, I, after reading that? And we, we have to see. Let's, let's reassess yeah. this in a week. And we can – but I, I just – I read the whole thing last night. I was reading some Texas message boards. It just – I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to be their coach this year. Yeah, for anybody who, who doesn't know or has not read the arrest affidavit, I mean – you want to talk about something that's disturbing. Uh, it would certainly fall under that category. Uh, the charge was a, a charge of assault on a family or household member in which br uh, their breath was impeded, a third-degree felony in Texas. There is a clause in his contract that allows them to uh, terminate him for cause if he's charged with a felony. So that's one of the things probably notable in, uh, in that. And then, I mean... I just don't know, man, how anybody in 2022 could make a decision to have someone who has, is accused of that 
that the police can put in the report that there's evidence of this having taken place and have them lead young men in 2022. I don't know how you can do it. And, and you well, got like, it. You got to think too about like, I mean, it was going to be bad when Texas comes to Ames anyways. Yeah. You throw Chris Beard into that. Like that's going to be the case everywhere. Like you're, you're talking protesters. You're talking, I mean, I don't know. Like, again, like we don't know everything yet. I, I, I've learned enough over the years to be cautious, but I just I'm I'm with you. This is this is a bad deal. The the crazy thing is there's a member of Texas's team right now who has a this. pending charge of yeah. assault on a family member or family or household member right now that is played in every game for Texas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's another bad luck there. There is there has to it just is, it makes me sick, man, because it just, it, it's really, it's really sad. I think for college basketball, that someone who is one of the best basketball minds arguably on the planet right now. And to be wrapped up in this, I mean, is yeah, the guy took Texas tech to the championship game for crying out loud. I mean, he's one of the wizards. He's one of the wizards of the sport, you know? And that's what, when you start to think about that yesterday, it's just like, it's like, holy shit, man. Like, this could knock the balance of power in college basketball completely out of whack. Right and, now. And, and you think about his team. Well, How does the team keep playing? I mean, they won last night, but barely in overtime over Rice. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. They're, they're currently five in Ken Palm. Uh, the one loss to Illinois. We all watched that game. Uh-huh. We, that was the one before Iowa Duke. Really good game. Um, but they get Stanford coming up on Sunday, which they could very well lose. Uh, that's a neutral court game. I, yeah, I mean, it's obviously bigger than basketball, the conversation we're having right now. But this takes – this is a basketball podcast, and this takes perhaps the favorite to win the Big 12. Mm-hmm. One of the favorites to win the national championship, yeah. I would say, arguably. And it puts a giant cloud over their season. Yeah. It just is – it – it uh. Oh, man, I don't even know, like, the right words to put. Can I say that I kind of feel bad for Tyrese Hunter, too? Cause I it's do. Like, I feel bad for all of them. Yeah, because it's like you go there, and, and now, like, their season isn't over, but it certainly feels like it's in peril right now. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's, it's insane to think that, you know, in whatever, 10 minutes, whatever it was that took, however long it took for this altercation to take place, I mean, you can ruin everything, you know, and uh, he just it just has to. It's like I said, I, I find it really hard to believe that Chris Beard will ever coach another game at Texas. And it would probably take someone making a what many people would consider to be a significant mistake for him to ever coach another college basketball. Well, game. well, it feels like from what we know and what we've read in the reporting that's been done. Mm-hmm. There will have to be a swerve of some significance. He will yeah, there will have to be some sort of evidence of significance yeah. that will that will be able to justify any of what is alleged if it was if it took place the way that it did. And I don't know. I don't know. The, his lawyer said that uh, the complainant yeah, wanted to drop the charges, but I do think that there are a lot of charges felony domestic abuse I think would probably fall under this category where the state can still press charges regardless yeah, of what the complainant wants to do. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll, it, we'll it, see how that all plays out. Sad story. All right. Uh you got anything else you want to toss out before we go? I don't think so. Um yeah, again, Bloom and I had a good talk about the women on Sunday night if you're looking for that. I'm 
it's funny, like last week, well, we, I guess we really didn't talk about Iowa. Uh, I don't know how much we need to talk about that game. I, just, I don't even know like what there is to take away from it at this I, point. I were you it, with me that it was just kind of like a throwaway game? Like it's just an anomaly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just didn't. Ta- it didn't change. I, I knew this team was capable of that. And the, the 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 disappointing part was not like oh they couldn't hit a shot. It was just they they were. I just did not. They did see, not play with that fire that you're used to. I did not see Iowa coming out. And being able to resemble Texas Tech, yeah, from last no, year, no, it was like that was and just hats off it, to them. Man. Yeah, that's. I mean, I told Jordan Bohan at halftime, I was like, I'll tip your cap to him, man. Like they, they beat him up, man. Some nights it's just their night, you know. And then you've got guys that are hitting shots, like Philip Abracha had made one, made one three pointer in his Iowa career, and they made two in one game. You know, like things that just don't normally happen were happening, and I think. You would, uh, you're obviously frustrated by it, but I feel like from an Iowa State perspective, you look at it as it's like, man, it's just one game. At the, yeah. at the end, it doesn't really prevent us from accomplishing our goals. It's just like you got 21 games, now 20 games to make up for it and prove that you're not that team, you know? Yeah, I'd love to see them play a best-of-seven series, but clearly that's not, that's not the case. They're just – at the end of the day, I've said this a lot, but they're just not that skilled. They're kind of like a mid-major, a good mid-major roster that they have to beat you up and bully you and play physical and do that. And like, they didn't do anything well. No, there wasn't a single part of that game that you could be like, oh, well, that was positive. No, that that's what I was sitting there late in the second half. I was just sitting there, I was just like, there's literally nothing no. to take away from this that is not a complete and total. Negative. Nobody played well. No, the team played like crap as a whole. You couldn't rebound. You, I mean. It was just bad. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I, I don't think there's much to take away from it because I just don't think that, I mean, if they play that poorly again, I would probably be surprised. That feels like the floor of how poorly <laughs> they play. At least I sure hope so. You know, well, it's, it's different too. I was thinking about this, the proms final year when they went in there and just got destroyed. Yeah. And you were kind of thinking like, well, this is the team. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it didn't feel that way. I don't know. That was pretty close to their team. <laughs> Who? Iowa well, State. That was pretty close to being their team. I'm no. Saying, what we saw. Oh, yeah. Uh, what I'm saying that year yeah. we're against Iowa, you're like, yeah, this is what you got going forward. Right. Where last week it was just – I'm with you. It felt like – Oh, well, yeah, because you it went, couldn't be worse than this. Yeah, that game in 2020, you went in there and you're like, <laughs> I mean, they're going to get destroyed. Yeah. You know, it was just by how many points it was going to be by. And I also think, too, the Chris Murray thing was. I'm you, interested to see when he comes back. They yeah. did not play near as well on Sunday. Well, and that's what I said. And a bunch of Iowa fans got all pissy with me. I said after that game, I go, one worry I would have if I'm Iowa right now. Clearly, the team rose to the occasion. Yeah. And that's great. And you give them a ton of credit. That's really difficult to do multiple times. They shot like 60% from three. Yeah. And Not gonna do it they brought a defensive intensity to Iowa State that mm-hmm. you rarely see from these Fran McCaffrey teams. Yeah. So can you rise to the occasion without Chris multiple times, and can you defend like that multiple times? And they didn't play bad against Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin's not a bad team. Like, I won't kill them for an overtime loss there, but – it, let's say Chris is out another month, and I have no idea. I don't. I don't have any information. Like, to me, they're not capable of going on a very big, a long run without him. Mm-hmm. They did it the one night, and they were awesome. 
They could have beat the damn Warriors. Right. But sustaining that is really, really, really difficult over the long haul. Just that energy. And they won't have a better atmosphere than they had in Carver against Iowa State. Yeah. And we could be proven wrong. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. You know, and I I just – I I know they're not going to shoot 60% from three every night because that just doesn't happen. But – it just is uh, – for Iowa State, it's like you have to avoid coming out and playing like that again. They'll do it a couple more times. I mean, I, I'm sure they will, but – Offensively, like you can't, they, I don't think they'll do it defensively. You can't get down 20 to nothing. That was what was so shocking was yeah. it's like it, that they're down 15 to nothing all of a sudden. Because they're just not built to make any sort of a yeah. comeback at all. And, I mean, I think that that w- – I think Iowa was like the first – I think they were the first team all year to score 40 points on them in the first half of a game. You know, like it just that was the shocking part. Yeah, that was what was so so blown, had you so blown away. But all right, man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do this again next week after we get to watch Trey King play. Yeah, perfect. uh, Do it before the holiday. Yep. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.